0: The Next to Nothing Podcast is brought to you in part by our partnership with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is your one-stop shop for everything geek. Find discounted books, new and old games, and a variety of software. A portion of all purchases from Humble Bundle go to supporting a charity of your choice, like the American Red Cross, St. Jude's, Save the Children, and more. With $145 million raised so far, Humble Bundle is a great place to buy your games and help save the world. Use our affiliate link in the description of this podcast, and a portion of your purchase will not only go to a charity, but also help support the show. Visit HumbleBundle.com for more details. Hello. How are, we, are we we all good to start? Ready to go?
1: I, I think so. Maybe. <laughs> possibly. Potentially.
0: All right. I hope you guys are all fantastic, by the way.
1: <laughs> I'm doing Wonderful.
0: Really good. All right. Awesome. Let's get this show into the let's get this show on the road hello and welcome to next to nothing the show where we talk about how to waste your time and not your money in gaming I am one of your hosts Danny Kay with me uh just like every week he is uh here by my side like my Siamese twin renditions
1: hi I'm Ren I have an RGB light bulb now so I can do things like this and this and this and this and this and then back to this it's fantastic I'm having a wonderful day how you guys doing? <laughs> Hope you guys are great. Uh,
0: sorry to our podcast listeners on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else, uh, where you can't actually see the wonderful RGB light turning. It's like a rave. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bootyful.
1: It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it oh, man.
0: And uh, our guest this week is uh, Mr. Green Elite. How you doing, dude? Good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm really excited to have you here um well thank you let's uh start i always kind of forget this and i gotta just remember uh mr greenlee uh, just right off the top here what do you do like where do you like you know streaming podcasting whatever you want to plug go on ahead and plug that and tell them where they can find it
2: oh well i i would really consider myself as a variety streamer uh mainly with uh destiny 2 and i play a lot of apex as well
3: mm-hmm.
2: um Of course, it's at Mr. Green Elite uh, on Twitch, and then Twitter and Facebook is also Mr. Green Elite.
0: Awesome. So go check him out there. Go find all that stuff. Uh, If you're in the Twitch chat at this exact moment, you should be seeing a shout out for him. So go on ahead and give him a follow if you're there. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube or listening via Spotify, Apple podcast, you can see, uh, all that stuff down below in the episode description. So guys, we've had a, a pretty big week. It seems for, for our, our little show here in terms yeah, of like dude, topics, all sorts
1: of stuff that happened.
0: And, uh, sort of is
1: uh, happening. and my apologies for yelling right at you guys. I forgot that I don't have that part <laughs> muted. Don't worry, the stream did not I think so it's fine. But yeah, my <laughs> bad. My apologies. Skip that little detail.
0: It's it's yeah. all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, um, oh, man. So I think we're going to start with Greenlee. You've been playing the new Destiny update. Tell us a bit about uh, that.
2: Well, um, with the new season of the Drifter, it's dropped on uh, March 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, every tuesday it resets uh he essentially uh follows the drifter which is a uh he is like a guardian he has the same powers as as a guardian would mm-hmm. but he's not an actual guardian he's a just a light bearer um he was chosen by a ghost and resurrected um but he's kind of doing like his own his own thing um mm-hmm. it, that's why he's called the drifter um he runs a, a new game mode which we saw in Forsaken which was the Gambit and now with the new season of the Drifter he has a new couple actual uh, events uh, which is Gambit Prime and then the Reckoning. Um, there's different tiers of the Reckoning um, they've released some staged meta uh, release times um, tier 1 through tier 3 uh, and then the Gambit Prime also you can receive Armor sets, uh, depending on what you're doing, um, and we we with the story. I think the story is what's coming out best with it because he. You get to choose between siding with the Drifter or siding with the the Vanguard and Guardians in the Tower. Um, so, you make that choice for that character that you that you have. Uh, even if you have all three characters, you side between each character. What you want to side with,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and it like actually impacts throughout each week, each reset. Um, I know when you pick Vanguard, when you side with the Vanguard, uh, he actually calls you a snitch every time you play a <laughs> gambit match. Um, and he, he's I, I, the, the best way to describe him is he's like he he sounds just like Matthew McConaughey. Like you you go in and he'll be like, all right, all right, and. <laughs> It's it's a good story mm-hmm. um, with what they've released. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, uh, but you know you get more into the lore, like especially with if you played Destiny One mm-hmm. um, with Shin Malfer and, and Dredgens and um, that stuff like that. Uh, new weapons, mm-hmm. uh, new content. So, um, it's not really geared for people who um, play mainly PVE. Um, or, you know, just competitive PvP mm-hmm. um, that it's like a its own separate niche. So a few people that I play with, um, they weren't huge into the season. Um, but there's also another season coming out in three months,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which yeah. they haven't released much about. Uh, I think they're calling it Season of Opulence. That's mm-hmm. what they're calling it now. It used used to be said that it was called uh, Penumbra. Um, but it sounds like it's returning to the Leviathan, which oh, okay is going to be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have either one of you played? Uh, yes, Destiny I have. Two, or like, I, you know? I
1: beat the yeah. entire uh initial campaign without DLCs of Destiny Two. Um, okay. I personally I wasn't super into like vanilla Destiny Two without like all the DLCs and stuff. But I heard mm-hmm. it's fantastic now. I've heard that it's absolutely incredible in comparison to what it was. Um the Forsaken DLC added like a ton and i'm pretty sure there's a new uh there's a new game mode i think i'm sure it's not new anymore but uh the gambit yeah the gambit. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and i've heard a lot of people really enjoy that and uh yeah. and yeah i'm i'm it's, honestly excited to hear that they're still like putting out what would
2: you call this like pretty good content like uh, i really enjoyed it, it it's I, I would like to say that it's not for everyone mm-hmm because Gambit Gambit is a PVE and PVP mix. Right, um, you get a team of four. Uh, when you face another team, you go in. You have to kill ads, collect what they call moats, and you put them into a bank. Mm-hmm. And then while you're doing that, someone from the other team can come over and and wipe you. And if you have any moats on you, you lose those. Um, and the same with Gambit Prime. It's only one round, and so three. Um, they can actually drop uh, enemies in there that will actually take the moats as well. Mm-hmm. so it's it's hectic. yeah, and some people don't like that. Some people absolutely love it. Yeah,
1: so yeah, i I've personally heard that that's really good. I've seen some gameplay of it, and I thought it definitely looked really interesting. I'm more so just happy to see that they're putting out relatively good content still even without like Activision's assistance mm-hmm. in the matter anymore now that they're like branching out to be their own studio at this point. I'm mm-hmm. really happy to see that they're putting out decent content and that it's still like staying relatively consistent. So that's pretty awesome. That's basically where my thoughts lie on this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I personally, Destiny One was okay. Destiny Two vanilla, I thought was really boring personally, but I've heard absolutely amazing things about uh Destiny Two with Forsaken DLC. Yeah, I've heard really it, really good things about that.
2: It was a. Uh it was tough times with mm-hmm. the vanilla campaign when, uh, even with the first two DLCs. Yeah. Um, the first one with the curse of Osiris, it, it wasn't much content. They, uh, the rumor is that they were struggling with Activision and they mm-hmm. had a couple other studios helping because they lost writers. Yeah. Um, so the story just fell right through the floor and now at the annual pass, cause you buy the annual pass. I think it's like 20 bucks. Um, um, mm-hmm. You get the all three seasons. Uh, they still release stuff even if you don't pick up the annual pass that you can get. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you get a little bit more with that annual pass. Almost like a battle pass. Um, okay. Yeah. I got then, you. So they're not really stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like like story campaign. I mean they have some snips of like actual like, cut scenes and stuff like that. Depending on what you do. Yeah. But it it's still not an actual story right and it's different Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well that's pretty cool i'm definitely happy to hear that they're adding more content to it i think i mean that the forsaken dlc i'm pretty sure has been out for quite a bit now probably Mm -hmm. to the point where it Mm -hmm. definitely is need a refreshment and this is probably really helping in that regard so that's really cool to hear and uh hearing Mm -hmm. that there's even gonna be more like dlc coming up that's very good thing to hear, I'm sure, because I know a lot of friends that are, like, really into Destiny, and I'm sure they're ecstatic about that. I'm sure that they're really happy about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But,
2: yeah. We don't know where it's going to go after a season a the new season of Opulence, mm-hmm. um, especially with the break in Activision. Right. And then they did have that Chinese deal. Um, yeah, the Chinese I, I think company, it was like with like Tencent, right? I'm pretty it was sure. It was. I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure it was Tencent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was several million dollars, uh, and yes, but they're not yeah. releasing what right exactly it was. they're
1: doing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. And so, I don't think so. they
1: necessarily made a con- like. I don't think they actually made any like real contract that they released out like mm. into the public. But I'm sure there's definitely something going on. I mean, who who gives somebody ten million dollars just to be like, ah, you just have it. It'll be fine. We don't want a in return. Why would we? But uh, no. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, uh, you know, Tencent and Huawei coming for your data. So I mean, maybe it's a million dollars to buy user data. Who knows? I,
1: I mean, I possibly
0: But, if, but of course, if Tencent wanted your user data from.
1: from I think they would have already had get it get
0: by it from, now. <laughs> they would have gotten it from Epic Games. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I think they would definitely already have it at this point. But let uh, me just yeah.
0: let me just continue feeding into rumors that have been liking <laughs> PC gaming for the last two weeks. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, yeah sounds great if you were to give it like a rating of some sort or or i guess actually let me ask this let me ask that in a different way do you think this update uh isn't is enough to bring either people who haven't played enough or haven't played that much destiny two like me like i got destiny 2 for free uh back when they did that and i it just didn't grab me uh or do you think this is this dlc was good enough to bring people who haven't Purchased it or gotten in any way, and uh, make them make that final decision.
2: Well, there's I w- I would say there's two sides to that coin. Um, mm-hmm. Because if if you played Destiny before and you were really late in the beginning of Destiny Two, especially mm-hmm. with the lack of content, um, if you came back and purchased Forsaken, which even if you have the vanilla game and you mm-hmm. buy Forsaken, you'll get the first two DLCs with Forsaken. Um, and then the annual pass as well, then mm-hmm. I, I, in my opinion, uh, people would love it if you have history with Destiny. Now, if you're someone who's just picked up Destiny to play it, I mean, we have a few people in my clan that uh, they picked it up for free and they loved it and they got Forsaken and they, they're they there and they're doing great. Mm-hmm. But So for someone who doesn't know what's going on, um, I would say it probably wouldn't be for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way I see it, right, is that a lot of lose shooters end up starting really poorly. I mean, you see this with the the Division, you see it with the Destiny series, you see it with uh, Anthem. And they always start relatively rough, and then they just get better and better over time. That naturally is how it sort of went. I mean, Division division's still not super great, in my opinion. I've heard Division 2 is fantastic, but I'm not going to get into that yet. But Mm -hmm. like with all the content that's been released in Division, it's gotten significantly better. And I feel like Forsaken was definitely one of the big jumps that they made, where it's like... This game is... At, at this point, it's pretty reasonable purchase. I, I would consider it to be a reasonable thought if you're like, I'm kind of into this idea of playing this type of game. I feel like mm-hmm. if, if you're not interested in Forsaken, like, if that's not grabbing you, I don't think a lot's really going to do it for you at that point, because that's really... I feel like that's one of the big divides, is that, like, yeah. Forsaken is kind of that one big piece that's like, this makes or breaks the game, really. Because... like destiny Two base game isn't super great i basically busted through the entire thing in a day like i got through it all and it wasn't even like a Mm -hmm. struggle i got to a pretty decent power level and i was just like okay i like i got to the point where i had to grind to get light level and i was like well if i got this far this fast i don't think i want to do the grind so i just kind of like dropped it there That being said, if you have something like Forsaken added to it where it's an actual, like a large amount of actual content rather Mm. than it's just kind of like a grind fest over and over again, that I think that's a pretty reasonable purchase if you're willing to get Forsaken, which I think is only like 40 something dollars. I don't think it's that crazy. And at this point, I basically Mm. consider it to be the full game. Like, because Destiny 2 is free to play right now, is it not? I'm pretty sure it is. I'm I'm, like fairly certain it is.
2: Um,. I know they had that free sale, yeah, um, for both PC and for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you can pick it up relatively cheap. Uh, I think yeah. GameStop. Someone bought it uh, through GameStop for like two bucks. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, so, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable purchase price, honestly.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Actually, I kind of, I kind of want to grab on something that you just mentioned because you mentioned these looter shooters Anthem. Mm-hmm. Destiny Two, uh, the Division. I I almost classify those as MMORPG lights. <laughs> you know, they're MMO mm-hmm. light games, yeah. and I've noticed that you know, MMOs are another genre of game that it's really hard to get on get on that first boat. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to justify getting on that first boat or getting you know that front row ticket there. Um, do you think that's just kind of a? Do you think that's? I, I- that's just kind of endemic to that style of game yeah
1: i personally feel like that's pretty i mean like so for example i feel like wow is a great a great thing to mention um wow initially Mm -hmm. while a lot of people really liked it it's not a game with a lot of content when you like very first got into wow now there's just Mm -hmm. like there's 20 different dlcs there's like so many expansion packs that like you don't even know what's happening. There's like fucking five different worlds. I I only played a little bit of WoW. I'm not a big WoW guy, but yeah. you you understand what I'm saying. There's so much content out there now that it's realistic. Like mm. it's a decent purchase for the amount of content that you're getting. Sure. That being said, if you're like paying the price that you're paying now for all that content, back then, obviously not. You're gonna run into like a lot of bugs. It's gonna be a, like really. It's not gonna be well balanced. I feel like a great example of that was uh probably the division i i remember distinctly hearing a lot about how the the original divisions pvp had like almost no sense made into it and then they'd like made it all completely balanced but the balancing made it so that way like beginning players can just they can fight really high level players in a danger area and the danger area is like hey if you're new here you probably shouldn't go here but if new people mm-hmm. can just go there and fight like it's just a regular pvp area i don't entirely understand if that makes any sort of sense um yeah. yeah i i feel like it's kind of a key component of if you want to save your money i would say wait always wait mm-hmm. on those titles at least just like a month just see what happens because and maybe it does fantastic pretty rare that that happens i've heard division 2 is doing really good i feel like they nailed yeah. a lot of parts but i personally haven't played it and i haven't like heard too much about it to really give like a real opinion on it but I've heard that it's significantly better than the original division. Um that being said, probably still wait a month. There's probably gonna be some like something that somebody finds somewhere that's like, hey, this is super broken, by the way. And then yeah. they'll, they'll get it patched out. And then you can play it, and then that's like you don't have to worry about that <laughs> when you start. I feel like yeah. very first impressions are super important when you're like so, picking up a game and they have the worst first impression.
0: <laughs> it's just how it is. Something broken, cough anthem cough <laughs> yeah 20 lowest, million load lowest, screens lowest,
2: cough off my playstation won't turn on anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey look that first level rifle you get is just as good as the highest level rifle you can get yeah whoops yeah um okay cool so definitely good like good direction you're does this this ultimately leaves you feeling pretty optimistic for for the future of destiny right now
2: right now i'm still in the air especially with uh the whole Activision split um mm-hmm. you know because there's rumors that after the annual pass they don't know if they're going to release a dlc if they're working on another dlc mm-hmm. um you know as a final send-off for destiny 2 or if they're going straight into destiny 3 um well, they did mention that they were starting to work on destiny 3 but that was back when they were with activision right So right now it's kind of a a crapshoot like, hey, are we getting something else or is Season of Opulence the last straw Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're going to keep going on with it.
1: Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Ren.
1: Yeah. Hi. Hello.
0: You've you've been playing something. I have. I think it's called uh, Samurai Souls. I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely been uh, I've been playing a ton of secure recently. And for those who don't mm-hmm. know, it's a very newly released game. I think it's only a couple days released at this point. Um, mm-hmm. It's a game from the developers of From Software who made uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. And you can definitely tell when you play it. Even though the combat, which I will get into, it's not like your initial Dark Souls and Bloodborne gameplay, you can still feel Mm -hmm. that air about it of like, yes, this is very much like a Soulsborne title. It's very blatant. You got like your flasks, you have your Estes flasks from Dark Souls, Mm -hmm. you have your bonfires, you have all these sorts of things for sure. But that being said, it definitely differentiates a ton more than I expected to. And Mm -hmm. as somebody who's played all the Dark Souls and Bloodborne and completed them all except for the first one. That's the only one I missed. This was by far one of the hardest like uh, Soulsborne titles I've played so far. I have been struggling really hard. And the main reason is that it goes against literally almost every single thing that Dark Souls or Bloodborne <laughs> teaches you throughout any of its mm-hmm. gameplay. So, like, for example, in Dark Souls, because you have a shield, you're, you tend to spend a lot of time either blocking hits or, like... Stepping back and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Half the time those things don't work. If you block you're probably going to die. If you try to back off. You're probably going to die. It's most likely you're just going to die. The game really heavily revolves around parrying. Which has been a, like, a, uh, a key skill. In a lot of like Dark Souls and Bloodborne games. That being said. It's always a skill that a lot of people. Don't acknowledge very much. It tends to be that <laughs> thing that a lot of like. Dark Souls try Forgive me. But they tend to use it a lot. They tend to use it like a ton. <laughs> I, listen, I, I've played a lot of Souls games. Look, I respect it. It fucking sucks when it happens to you. Anyway, um, so the, the entire core focus of the gameplay relies on you countering. It relies on you actually like. Paying attention to their movements, which is a key component of the Souls series, but it heavily revolves around you countering moves and then reenact like reacting towards them, rather than just like either going all out offensive, which is a Bloodborne style playstyle, or like all out defensive, which is much more of like a Dark Souls situation. So it tries to like balance that mix of the two, as well as adding in stealth mechanics, which is definitely a very interesting like direction that they went with like a Souls title i I'm gonna call it a Souls title. It is in its own little ballpark. I'll get into that. but uh it's definitely it's definitely a new direction that they went into, and it sounds ridiculous, but they added jumping too, and while that sounds like, oh yeah, that's such a big deal, it's a huge deal. That makes like mm-hmm. a lot of the combat <laughs> super different. and like yeah you you tend not to really think about jumping a lot and when it comes to like Dark Souls. And a little bit when you when it comes to like Bloodborne, but it's not nearly that bad. It's more so like uh, jumping back and forth more than anything, but a lot of it is scaling up buildings, or going down. It, there's a huge amount of verticality play that's involved, and uh, it's it's a very key component of the gameplay. Um, so one of the other ways that this heavily differentiates is characters have more than one life. For example. Um, the title is Sekiro, um, Shadows Die Twice. And the reason why is because you can resurrect yourself once during combat. So, like, granted, you have a really, really small amount of health, especially at the start. You can end up getting one shot by, like, a random, like, random dude just hanging out. But Mm -hmm. once they kill you, they think that's it, and then they start to walk away. And then you can resurrect yourself and go for, like, a sneak attack or something like that. And it adds, like, a really unique mix to the gameplay in that regard, where a lot of, mm. like, the gameplay can even be revolved around you faking your own death to just, like, try to convince somebody you're dead, and then they move on with their life. And then, like, okay, I can just dip, or I can just go for the kill. Either or. It's not really, like, it doesn't matter. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, that's you, definitely a weird direction. Yeah, go for it.
0: I'd say, are you are you very much, like, the Undertaker? You know, they think they got you down and then like they're you know cheering on their honestly crowd, and then they just shoot up
1: uh, so honestly people- kind of pretty much <laughs> um even in one specific boss fight uh you'll resurrect and they'll be shocked that you did it and they'll be like what mm. wait you can do that and then you just murder him and they're like i don't know what's happening anymore <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious when that happens it's absolutely hilarious
0: so Did, you are so you are the Undertaker from WWE. Got it. Got it.
1: Basically, to- <laughs> basically. But. Uh, but what was I going to say? Um, so, yeah, the gameplay revolves heavily around countering and parrying, which is a very small detail of the Dark Souls games that not a lot of people focus on at all. So revolving your entire gameplay mechanic realistically around mm-hmm. that and stealth, a new mechanic mm-hmm. makes it very confusing to a Souls player like super confusing i struggled with like every boss for the entire first day that i played and like i can run through the dark souls games i like first tried the bloodborne final boss it wasn't that crazy for me but like first first boss a dude on a horse by the way looked badass and sounded badass dude <laughs> on a horse wrecked me for like two hours and i'm just like i don't know what what to do i don't know how this is happening i don't get it um but it's super fun i've been really enjoying it um yeah in terms of storyline because i feel like that's something that a lot of people will question a little bit in the dark souls games the storyline is super vague. like i've played them and i still don't really fully understand it i get some of it whatever It's very direct in this game, like very direct, even to the point where there's a there's a new mechanic called eavesdropping, which essentially is like it's a way to get hints about how to handle a boss fight that's coming up or some sort of like situation. You'll find like random people just talking to each other and maybe they'll talk about like a certain boss. And it's like, why? Why did we use this? Are we going to send this into war? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. No worries. But it doesn't (laughs) know how to differentiate between anybody. We're just gonna release it on its own, and everything's gonna be fine, so you realize like, okay, this boss doesn't know the difference between like ally and enemy, so you can use mm. that kind of thing to your advantage because he'll have like a certain amount of ads there, and you can use them to like you could start the boss fight back off and then he'll immediately clear all the ads and you're just like, perfect, fantastic. I don't have to worry about any of that shit um <laughs> there's a, there's one specific one that I just did really recently and you hear about a legend of somebody that can use lightning and you're just like what and then it turns out the guy that you're gonna fight is like a lightning god i'd super crazy
3: <laughs> i i Raiden.
1: did yeah yeah um <laughs> but yeah it's much more direct though and it's storytelling just in terms of base storytelling uh in terms of dark souls you're kind of just there and you're mm-hmm. basically killing bosses to uh to rekindle your embers essentially In this one it's much more direct you uh you start the game and you're trying to protect your lord which is um it's 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 a child but it's a, it's still your lord nonetheless you're still playing as mm-hmm. the shinobi you that's your goal he can't die yep. you can't lose him that's it so mm-hmm. that's how the game starts and then you run into a boss fight and it's your very first one and it's a mini boss essentially at the time being but it's you're not intended to win it. It it tends to use a lot of mechanics that you're not supposed to know about in the first place. So you, you eventually lose and, uh, and then he chops off your arm and then he takes off with your, with Lord. And then Mm -hmm. that's, that's it for that period of time. And then you kind of just wake up in a random room with a crazy bone arm that like somebody attached to you. And you're just like, what is this? And, uh, that tends to be a lot of, like, where you get this grappling hook. Where you get a lot of your, n- like, new abilities and things like that. It all comes from this arm mechanic. Um. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Yeah. Your main goal at that point on is to get your lord back. That's it. Very direct. You don't get really lost in the point. It's it's very clear that dickhole has the person you need to get. You need to get him back now. Or you're fucked. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um there's more to the story obviously but i'm not gonna super get into it because i don't want to be a spoiler um yeah. but yeah i don't know i've been loving it i've been having a blast
0: so uh, yeah. you you gave me a, a thought there mm-hmm. you said that the first boss uses a whole bunch of things that you're not really supposed to know about yeah is this one of those legitimately impossible bosses that no. games throw at you no no can you actually that beat him said
1: yes you can beat him that being said, the same outcome still applies. You oh. lose your arm regardless, which does suck, but it's a key component of the game anyway. It'd be really weird yeah. if that just didn't happen because that's what—that's how you use your grappling hook. It's connected to your arm. So if yeah. you just didn't lose your arm and you're like, I need to scale that build, fuck, I can't.
0: Well, well <laughs> I'd be uh, interested to see if they, may, if they made some sort of like alternate ending where you kill that first boss. So, just to see how... To see how, if it would, like, really fuck with, um, fuck with people. Where it's like, yeah, you killed that first boss, you saved your lord, congratulations. And just to see how, if it, how it would fuck with, like, the hardcore Dark Souls players who just got, like, really good at
2: it.
1: So there is there is kind of a thing. So there is, to my understanding, um, mm. multiple endings. Which is kind okay. of new for a Dark Souls title.
2: That It's mm.
1: been a thing in Bloodborne, but it wasn't really multiple endings. It was kind of just, like, you chose the bitch ending. Where you're just like, I don't want to fight the last boss. Or you chose the actual ending where it's like you go fight the last boss at the end. And then Mm -hmm. there's that. To my understanding there is multiple endings. I don't know what they are. I have no idea. I haven't gotten that far. Um, But the person that does chop off your arm if you win it kind of does tell you something about that character in the first place that might be helpful in the future. Um, I only realized it recently um, and I was like wait a second that's why that's why he like lives if that happens okay got it um but yeah and it's not necessarily like you won he just chops your arm off anyway it kind of is yeah but like you win and then some random assassin will like throw a dagger at you and you turn back and then he chops off your arm so it's like it's still a dick move regardless you're still just like well fuck you but uh but yeah um I've been having a blast with it. It's, it's definitely been the hardest learning curve for me personally as a souls player, mm. but it's definitely been one of the more rewarding ones to play. And it's not, it's not a very passive defensive game like uh, dark souls is. And it's not like hyper offensive. You can play it hyper offensive and it does work, but it's significantly more difficult. If you try that sort of thing, it's very mm. much about precision, precision encountering has been the big things I've noticed. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe I'm like halfway through the game. I think I'm not super positive. Um, but I I also have more than one character made. I have multiple save files. I have one. My main one is the one I play on stream. And then I have an off stream character, which I tend to go through just that way. I can get a kind of an understanding of like maybe what's coming up ahead. And if I really need to worry about it like so much or not. And uh, things like that. And (laughs) The replayability is great. I'll say that one right now because once you, after you struggle with a boss for so long, and this is inherent to the Souls titles to begin with, you learn. Like you, you definitely learn the character that you're fighting against. It's not like you just got through at like it through random chance. And if you did, you're fucked. <laughs> if you ever do that again, because it's gonna be rough. Um, but I'm, I'm probably like 15 hours in. And I I just started a new character today and I'm like an hour in and I've already done like 70 to 80 percent of the stuff that I mm-hmm. like did during those 15 hours because I understood how to play the game. And I was like, I can just rush through this. I can like feel like a badass doing it. I'm murdering bosses <laughs> left and right. Nothing could stop me, dude. It's mm-hmm. fantastic in that regard. So, uh, yeah, that's basically so, all I have to say right now. But yeah.
0: Yeah uh just like some follow-up like some quick questions that i know i have and then mm-hmm. green if you have anything i'll let you uh get them out um the because i know in dark souls you can have like a couple different play styles based on like the weapons correct you can like oh yeah like, so, you know what i'm asking i'll let you go ahead and answer it
1: so there's only one weapon you only have one <laughs> core weapon you you have your katana <clears throat> and that's it there's something else in the future but it's not really a core weapon So we're Mm going to kind of avoid that. The main, like, diversity in your skill set comes from your arm. So you can get, like, different attachments. You start off with nothing, but you quickly find, like, shurikens that you can use to quickly take Mm -hmm. out weak enemies so that way you don't have to worry about them. You'll find an axe, which is fantastic for taking out shield enemies and things like that. It's not Mm -hmm. like Dark Souls in the sense where uh, you can make your own build. Like, you can create a sorcerer and just go through the entire game as a sorcerer very much not designed for that kind of gameplay it's much more you tend to use your equipment based on situations you use it all for situational purposes so if you run into like a group of like 10 dogs you're really going to want to know like those shurikens that way you can take them out super quickly so they can't like grab like group onto you and then annihilate you um running into shield guys without the axe can be a struggle Especially if there's other enemies nearby. Because you can't break through the shield just with your normal weapon. It just is nothing. Um, but with the axe, you can just straight up break it and go for a kill move immediately. And then that's it. Um, there's There tends to be a lot of mechanics like that. It's very driven on equipment being special counters for the most part. Rather than it being just like, oh, diverse gameplay. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. In terms of like things like maybe in dark souls i'd want to use a rapier or something like that Mm -mm. or maybe i want to play a sorcerer or anything like that it's definitely not the gameplay mechanic in this not at all it's very much focused on mastering your core weapon and then the other things are used for special counters and there's even like special um equipment that you can use that are pretty good generally so you'll get firecrackers which can be used to stun enemies for a short period of time which is a very like it's, it's kind of a new player-friendly equipment sort of thing. And definitely, mm-hmm. this is something not a lot of people talk about, but even in the Dark Souls games, there are, like, a lot of new player-friendly things out there. Like, Sorcerer is one of them. It's, it's a very easy thing to get, like, an understanding of, and you can cast things from afar, and you don't have to worry about a lot of, like, damage happening. It makes the game a little bit easier for people that are new to it. Um, Firecrackers are very much in that sort of circumstance, where... If you're really struggling, it tends to be my like my backup. I'll, I'll tend mm-hmm. to go into fights without it to see if I can get through it. And if I'm really, really struggling, I'll bring in firecrackers to try to help me out there. Um, cool. But yeah, it, it's mostly just a counter.
2: That's really it.
0: Uh, Greenlee, you got any questions for Ren here on this, or have you played any of it at all? Or
2: I have not played any of it. I've I've watched a lot of streams, um, <clears throat> but no, I'd. I'd... It looks like a lot of fun, yeah. Um, especially it's... coming from someone who's never really played the Dark Souls mm-hmm. or, or Bloodborne, really. Yeah.
0: The, the, the nicest.
1: Of... Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say the nicest thing I can say about it is that it probably is easier for people who haven't played the Dark Souls games. To be honest, because I had to unlearn and relearn everything. That was a huge struggle. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but because it's a from software game and it still has that like feeling of like Dark Souls esque type of gameplay, you quickly fall into the loop of like either playing way too far back or like way too far forward. And you tend to not learn like the ins and outs really fast. I struggled with it for the entire first day, could not get past like anything. It was rough. Um mm-hmm. immediately after the first day it got significantly better. I finally learned how to play the fucking game. <laughs> so that's a thing. But uh yeah, mm-hmm. I feel honestly, if you're new to the titles, it's a pretty decent, like it's a decent way to get into them. I feel like it'll mm-hmm. teach you a lot about how to play a from software game without being super crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I-, I feel like if you're if you're a Dark Souls player, this is probably a harder game for you than if you're not a Dark Souls player. Just in general, which is a very weird descriptor. But uh, yeah, even that being said, I feel like it's a fantastic from software game, though. It's definitely been okay. like one of the ones that I've really enjoyed um, in rankings. I'd probably put it. R- it's right pretty much in line with Bloodborne and Bloodborne was one of my more favorite ones for sure. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I don't know how it's going to get later on. <laughs> Mm. where i'm at currently it is directly even with bloodborne it's very very hard to like really compare one to being better than the other at the current point in time mm. but uh okay.
0: yeah so it sounds like for you this is definitely a worthwhile purchase it's yes definitely, like if, if yeah. you buy a 60 dollar game every three or four months this is
1: yeah if, if you're you if you're even remotely a Dark Souls fan, or if you are a Dark Souls fan, this should be a no-brainer. You should just pick it up. I feel like that's the case. Um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're if you hesitant on the Dark Souls like formula, this might not be the game for you. I don't know. There's a lot of like new things that are introduced that can make the game a lot easier. Stealth definitely helps out a lot. If you're a new player, you can really focus on playing it like a stealth game and just handling mm-hmm. things like that. Um, yeah but it's still it still has that dark souls type vibe to the gameplay where it is really hard and you tend to bash mm. your head against a lot of bosses initially until you yep. really get a grasp on how to play it um but yeah if you're a dark souls player for sure that i feel like this is a no-brainer you probably already picked it up to be honest i, well, I would be shocked if you haven't
0: yeah it's kind of if you're a dark souls player then we're just preaching to the choir. Yeah. Uh, choir at this point yeah um so I'm kind of looking at our time, and I feel like I can talk about my little thing, and then we can go into kind of like our, our bigger discussion point that we probably should talk about. Yeah. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to actually talk about this real quick. Go for it. Um, So first off, this is free. Uh, so you guys can uh, you guys can go check this out um, off Itch.io. <clears throat> and let me just real quick get a feel for you two. Have either of you heard of the band Law Dispute?
1: I have not. I, that being said, I did watch the trailer of what we're going to be talking mm. about.
2: And I thought it looked really good. I am in the same boat. I've never heard of them.
0: Okay. So I heard about law dispute years and years ago. Uh, they're kind of like in the collective of a lot of my favorite bands. Um, I really like law disputes, album wildlife. Um, wait, This sounds weird for this podcast, but basically for their last album, uh, which they call Panorama, sorry. Um, <clears throat> the, the thing the, I think the little interactive thing, they, uh, they made a little interactive thing to go along with this album called Pilgrimage. And mm-hmm. So what this is, is it's a little program where you control three very polygonal looking figures that are just walking through an environment and you listen to the new album The lyrics appear on the screen um, and you just kind of it's a very chill little experience. It's a really interesting. I don't think I've ever outside of like actual songs being in video games. I've never really seen an experience like this. Mm -hmm. It's it's very minimally interactive Uh, like. You you just aim your mouse at a location on it and the characters slowly drift towards the center of the screen. So you you know, you just kind of aim with your mouse and kind of go, um, they don't interact with anything in the, around them. Scene wise, they don't, um, they don't react to button clicks or anything like that. It very much is uh, enjoy the, enjoy the scenery and listening and listen to the music, mm-hmm. which is, like I said, a really interesting, I've never seen that before. Um, I should kind of describe law dispute a little bit first (laughs) as a band, (laughs) law dispute. Um, a lot of people compare them to, uh, another band called me without you. It is spoken word over, um, over hardcore punk and emo music. Um, the music in this one, it's a little bit more theory, a little bit ambient, it's not as punk, um. And it's not as, as driving rhythm it's like I said it's a little bit more ambient there's a couple tracks in it that are a little bit more hardcore they mm-hmm. um, like said it's spoken word and it's a lot of subdued vocals um, kind of punctuated by by impassioned um, yelling um, there's not really the fry scream or the fry yell that's uh, in this album um, the the art style itself is really gorgeous and the i the so when i was on hio just kind of looking through shit Mm
3: -hmm. to
0: to find you know see if there's anything worth talking about on there the art style caught me so i clicked on it and i was reading through it and it said this is an interactive piece for the band law dispute and i'm like oh i you know i knew that they had a new (laughs) album i listened to the album but i'm like i didn't know this so the art style that's just kind of like a testament the art style it's Mm -hmm. if you guys looked at it all very polygonal with a lot of beautiful eye-catching like pastels
1: yeah i honestly thought like the uh, the visuals itself were pretty like top-notch to be honest i feel like i really like that personal art style so when i saw that i was Mm -hmm. like oh okay this definitely looks pretty Mm -hmm. cool i'm into it
0: yeah the only thing like the biggest disappointment i have with this is that the the environment doesn't interact with the music really Mm -hmm. like there's right and this is um this is a band that does a lot of storytelling right um king park is a song about uh, and that's uh off of wildlife i believe as well king park is about a, about the lead singer being like this camera or like this ghost like camera who wants to see every aspect of a drive-by shooting
3: mm-hmm. he's
0: it hmm. and you know the the ending lines are it's like I floated through, you know, I floated through the wall and looked inside like this hotel room where the shooter was and the, he hears the shooter scream, can I still get into heaven if I kill myself? Right. Um, there's uh, a song called Edward Ben's 27 times, which is about um, another murder. Um, there's Songs about uh, you know kings and queens in the album before that I'm blanking on the name so it's a very story driven band that tells a lot of stories in the spoken mm-hmm. word style and there's doesn't feel like there's a lot of storytelling within the environments that you're in here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the album before this was uh, um, you know they talked about like s- storms in like uh, the Upper Michigan area. Um, and like bridges collapsing and you know obviously emo punk going to be a little bit darker than um than what i feel like a lot of people are expecting (laughs) yeah um but right so i was a little kind of perplexed by that i'm like there i'm surprised there's not a lot of like environmental storytelling in this thing um and even then like i said the interaction with there's no pacing with the environment with the music either like, you don't mm. start seeing more movement as, like, the rhythm of the music pops up more. It just kind of, you you kind of go through and everything kind of, there, you know, there's obviously some movement with it. But it, nothing is, like, really syncing up with the music, which felt very weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's just because you expect that from, like, a music video. Right. Or not. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, if it's an inner, like, it, it's meant to go along with it. It seems kind of weird that it doesn't, like, correlate necessarily
0: yeah like i didn't expect the scenes to correlate to the to the music necessarily right. but i would have felt like you know as as rhythm picks up maybe the character maybe your <coughs> figures move or mm-hmm. there's a little bit more motion you know if there's like floating leaves or like wind picks up or water picks up or something yeah. wasn't really much of that it felt
2: mm-hmm. um, we were looking for a shift of tone yeah yeah
0: hmm. Yeah. Like they're like the colors in the scenes don't really change. Right. If it goes from a major key to a minor key they, you know, like if the color shifted dark or like if the sun set in that <laughs> aspect, otherwise, yeah, there wasn't much. It really felt um, like I said, though, absolutely beautiful art style. The album, uh, the album itself is decent. Um, it's not my favorite. I I, I still really like wildlife. I kind of wish they'd do like a wildlife 2.0, but I mm-hmm. understand why they wouldn't. Um, that's you know, a lot of bands, you know, they don't go back to doing stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, and you can pick it up off H. Uh There is a um, there is a suggested donation fee, mm-hmm. uh, which I think actually goes to a charitable cause. Um, which I'll probably go back and I'll actually get, I'll probably donate that just because um, it deserves it. It's a like I said, eye catchingly beautiful, really cool experience with, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I've never really seen any other band do that. The closest I've seen really is just, Hey, we put our music in Forza Horizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, um, or, you know, some sort yeah. of custom scene for uh guitar Hero or some shit, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like one of the things that I can correlate this to, and while it's not a very direct correlation, but probably hmm. Absu. I don't know if you guys know about that game. Um, yeah. It's kind of... So I'm kind of correlating this in terms of like being a sort of a walking simulator, because it's realistically mm-hmm. all you're doing. You're going from, like, you're just traveling in yeah. this game, to my understanding. And uh, in Absu when you pick up motion the music starts to pick up with you and a lot of things really like follow with you abzu is a very like it's an aquatic game and realistically you're kind of just going through the ocean and if you start picking up a lot of speed like dolphins will come up next to you and then you can like jump through the sky and stuff like that and the dolphins will do it too and like it's a really cute game but there's not really a lot of content into it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's not really a game it's kind of just like an interactive experience um yeah but yeah that that's probably the one thing i can really correlate this to I, that sucks that it doesn't change with uh tones or anything like that i definitely would have thought that that would be a thing
0: if it if it does it's incredibly subtle to the point that i didn't even notice it mm-hmm. and if it's that subtle
1: yeah then you know? if it's that subtle then it's not there <laughs>
0: it's not yeah it's not to the
1: majority of the public it doesn't matter
0: yeah um granted i might be someone that you need to smack over the head with some things but i don't think i'm <laughs> that <laughs> I don't, especially because you know like i said i've been a fan of law dispute for a while i found them kind of a, as a digression uh <laughs> mm-hmm. i found law dispute and, by extension my favorite band uh touche amore off of so Tiff, who is a uh, moderator in both yours and I's uh, chat, mm-hmm. ran. Um, yeah, I actually showed her this band. It's called a band called Make Do and Mend, and like in the poster of in the background, it was like a bunch of bands that they had listed in mm-hmm. this music video. Um, so I looked up every single band on that poster, <laughs> being uh-huh. Law Dispute, touche Amore, Defeater, and a band from my hometown uh, called Former Thieves. Oh, <laughs> that's how I found a lot of views It's so just <laughs> like a little like, digression um I highly recommend checking this out and if you mm-hmm. feel so compelled to give to the charitable um give the charitable donation like i said, i'm gonna go back and probably give to that charitable uh, give that charitable donation because the the art itself is worth it the, the mm-hmm. you know the really interesting beautiful polygonal pastel art is, style is gorgeous
1: is but, this art from like who is this from exactly? Is it from like an indefel, like an independent contractor that's been like contracted out? And if so, is it like in that page? I'm kind of curious so, about that to see if they've done any other work.
0: I've got two names here for a game for the people who did, who did this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to butcher this one. Yoast, J-O-O-S-T. I want to say Yoast because uh, that looks like something that would be uh, Scandinavian in nature. Egremont, uh, Edgermont, Edgermont. Um, and then a Gerrit de de uh, okay. Devries, Devries, J A R R I T D V D E V R I E S, Devries maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think that's French. Um, those are the guys who made this piece, um, and I don't know if they're European. I really apologize if I'm butchering their names. <laughs> Like, super sorry. Um, those are just very European yeah. names to me. So They're, they're
2: mm-hmm. from South Alabama. From, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I hope... So, yeah. Joe Yoast. I want to go with Yost Yoast sounds like it would be right for me. But, um, yeah, they're the ones that, that did the work on that. I want to say that the album... It, it's very reminiscent of the album art as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, me real quick because i
1: i'm I'm looking through like them right now i'm literally just like researching them so uh so yost does have some stuff in his portfolio i think this might be one of his few games Mm -hmm. i'm not certain yeah so he does have a couple games and they all they honestly have like really good art style this one just looks like a test demo but he has one called the wanderer and mm-hmm. just from this little screenshot, it definitely looks like interesting, to say yeah. the least. It's very like 2D style art, but it's mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks really nice. I'm I'm very curious to see what they so, do in the future. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at, to be honest.
0: Real quick, the art for the so it is the if you look at the panorama album art, mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of what you're going to be getting in this. The Panorama album art was done by the guitar player from Touche Amore, uh, Nick Steinhardt. Um, he's a graphic designer. He's done albums for Touche, Ballantin Composure, um, Deaf Heaven, and Selena Gomez. It's
2: oh. um, a good yeah. combination.
0: Yeah, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of album art. Um, so that's the that's the art style. Uh, that, or that's the artist who did the um, the cover for that. Which uh, a lot of dispute and Tushay Amore as bands as groups are basically this. They've done tours together. They've done uh, split EP. Um, usually, it, you're hard pressed to find one who doesn't know a fan of one who doesn't know about the other and is a big fan of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Touche is my favorite band. Absolute. I have I have story. I have a story I tell frequently on stream about going to a Touche show. Uh, <laughs> who uh and a girl who keeps grinding on her boyfriends spilled their drinks on me and then she gets and then she gets kicked in the face uh by a stage diver <laughs> so violent welcome to oh, hardcore man. kids welcome to fucking hardcore i will throw a motherfucking bone then i will cry get ready oh, for the man. pit get ready for the fucking pit so yeah that's that i think definitely pick it up if you're interested i mean it's it's free and if you like it then go back and give your donation. Mm-hmm. you know there's nothing and it'll it'll probably run on everything take a minute you know it's about an hour long you'll you know enjoy some music or you know maybe find something you uh, some music you'll enjoy mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's that um hmm. well done yeah which uh with the time we have remaining let's get into like this big topic here uh our corporate overlords keep blessing us with uh, news.
2: Um, Google
0: last week, yeah. Excuse me, Google last week, and now Apple has uh, decided to throw their hat into the gaming ring.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: Apple Arcade. Uh, Greenleaf, what's your initial reaction to this announcement?
2: Well, the with the Apple Arcade, um, what I have gotten impressions of is it just seems like it's a glorified iphone and ipad game app um they haven't really released like information on exactly what they're going to be releasing with it mm-hmm. um, but it just seems like it just seems like they saw google stadia's announcement and they're like oh shit we need to make money let's go ahead and throw <laughs> something out there and slap a nice sticker on it and say hey congratulations take this yeah. product pay monthly subscription fees.'"
0: enjoy well
2: i think with my my perspective is uh i'm not much of an apple fan mm -hmm. um so like when i see people buy apple products it to me it seems like they're buying the name
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i i I feel like that's pretty i i agree with that wholeheartedly
2: oh and it will sell it will sell
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: no doubt about that Oh, i have a lot of things i i i have a lot of things i like a lot of opinions i'd like to get out on this but uh ren what's your initial reaction
1: so in terms of the apple arcade all i've realistically heard about it is that it's a subscription-based service that it's like a mm-hmm. game subscription service kind of like origin access but for mobile which sounds mm-hmm. dumb
0: <laughs> to it's, me it's personally, not ex- I've kind it's not to exclusive to mobile
1: okay all right um yeah I definitely did see some of the games on there. And honestly, their opening list did not look very impressive. I was very just like, okay, this mm-hmm. is this is kind of whatever. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Um, yeah, in terms of Stadia, uh, I'm not at all surprised by the results that I'm mm-hmm. sure we're going to be talking about very soon. Um, yeah, it, it's performing about as much, like as bad as well as I expected. <laughs> hmm so so yeah i at the grand scheme of things i feel like these are kind of just like they they exist now and i feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people are gonna cash in on it like they're gonna they're gonna be like yeah definitely i'm gonna go for it and it's not gonna be worth it
0: yeah i i actually what? have more faith in this than i do google stadia and yes. i'll tell you why i so, i kind of agree to be honest so this isn't exclusive to the to ios devices to the iPad or iPhone. Mm-hmm. This um, this will be across all of the Apple hardwares, the Apple TV, uh, iOS mobile devices, being the tablet and the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do they still have the iPod Touch? I don't think they. Still, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. So my son should probably also be there, uh, as well as the Mac OS. <laughs> line of products the macbook airs the macbook pros iMacs. all those are going to have it as well um this is not a stream service this yeah. is um this has offline capability um it's going to have over a it's going to launch with over a hundred um 100 exclusive games, indie-developed mm-hmm. exclusive games, uh, including a Sonic cart kind of game. Okay. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, for yeah. people who don't know who that is for some reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, some sort of Sonic Racer game. Um, they have developers uh, from, like, Square Enix working on stuff like that. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention it's going to be on the Apple TV.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's... Yeah.
0: Gonna be, it's gonna be a subscription service like you guys said, um, which actually kind of gets me to where I actually think there with the amount of games, depending on what the, how much it actually is and the quality of the games, mm-hmm. I, I think the subscription service might actually prove to be better for Apple in the long run and better for families. Uh, I actually yeah. s- I, I agree. Um, because I'm, I'm no stranger to Apple devices. Um, I have a MacBook Air right here that I borrowed from my uh, stepfather for work purposes um, that I need to get back to him. Uh, thank you, stepfather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't break
1: her. You're going to go broke.
0: Right. iPhone. Well, that's a really old one. I that The reason I borrowed that was because that was just sitting in the basement collecting dust. And I'm like, I could put Photoshop on that and also premiere and be able to do some, you know, stuff for work. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was doing that kind of stuff for the radio station. Um, and then I, a couple years ago, and I think I've talked about this before, but, the, uh, my iPad mini three kind of turned into an e-reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I was using it for, um, I was using it to do some light word processing. I had a, you know, a portfolio, um, Bluetooth keyboard with it. Um, and I also had a, uh, and I was using it for ebooks, basically textbooks for college and all the PDFs that I get sent for article readings and stuff like that. So that's what that kind of became. Um, and since I've left college, it just sat on my nightstand uh, dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the subscription service, you also have a family share plan. And this is why I think it's going to be a big deal for families um, because if you can – if they have halfway decent games – and even if they don't have halfway decent games, if they just have absolute shit, um, which I don't think is necessarily going to be the case. I think they're going to – and I think enough people are going to port things uh, mm-hmm. or you know, work to port things. Uh, the value for families is, is great. It's like instead of buying Timmy um, who already has an iPad, a Nintendo Switch, we can just get this game service and he can choose whatever he wants to play. Um, they can monitor all their stuff they can do. Like they said in the, uh, in the, um, announcement that they could, um, like monitor use using the screen time function on the, on the uh, device mm-hmm. and then, you know, set like timers and stuff. So Timmy, he gets an hour after he fixes, after he does his homework and then he's gotta go take a bath and go to bed. Um, you know, stuff like that. I think there's going to be like, I know families like mine, uh, like my mom, and my stepdad, that'll probably be. Uh, like, a lot of functionality they, that they'll use. Um, and the, it'll turn a lot of devices into gaming devices for, for like, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, not that iPads and stuff like that aren't already gaming devices for most kids, because that's what they feasibly yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it turns it more into uh, a gaming device. I have, like, some concerns and questions for Apple still. Mm-hmm. Um, what about old hardware? Like what, what is it going to be compatible with? How, like, how do you plan on scaling? You know, if you can play a game on a MacBook air, is it still going to play well on my iPhone? Like how is the scaling? How is all that stuff going to work? You know, some iPads have the same resolution as some of the smaller, um, as some of the smaller laptops, I want to say. Mm-hmm. you know what are you know what are you going to do with that how is can how are controls going to you know change because if you're um on a macbook air or an imac you know that's a keyboard and mouse setup um how is that going to transfer over to an ipad if yeah you know how are all these mm-hmm. games you know what's going to be the compatibility are 100 of games going to be compatible or 50 percent of them um and then i also have questions for developers in which um how are they going to compete in terms of quality on an Apple device when the processing unit, or when the when the processing power of an iMac is objectively worse than a PC of the same price? Mm-hmm. That is a big hurdle. Yeah, <clears throat> that I see. Like in this, it's like the the graphical fidelity, the performance output of a PC that is thirteen hundred dollars far outweighs that of a of a Apple yeah. and. Oh, because,
2: wipe the floor with the <laughs> a Mac. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like and the problem. You know, you guys are right. Like with uh, people buy Apple because it's Apple, but there's a little, like, a little bit more to it. The pe- people who buy Apple because because it's Apple is because Apple has a certain taste that people want. Um, I was listening to uh, Louis Rossman. Um, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know who that is. Mm-hmm. He's a um he's one of those uh he's a he's a tech youtuber but he does like repairs on apple products
1: um, oh I okay out. i might know i might know what are yeah, talking about yeah
0: i know you know who linus tech tips is you've yeah. watched linus yeah when they had all yeah. their hulk or fluffle with apple on the uh i on the imac mm-hmm. he was the one that helped come in that came in and did the um
1: like, yeah okay Yeah. Them. yeah 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 that guy yeah
0: and he said it he said it much more eloquently and i'm kind of butchering what he said but it's you know they they have a taste right people buy apple because they because they know apple has a certain taste that they're going to uphold in their quality you know the thin bezels and Uh um you know certain you know keyboard styles and all the all the other aesthetic stuff that makes a makes a product delightful to use that's why people buy apple instead of buying like a Toshiba that has, yeah, the same processing power, but maybe not like the same quality or like mm-hmm. enjoyment to use because there are some laptops, you know?
1: Yeah, because I, I will say, I mean, like MacBooks. while I, I don't agree about like buying Macs or anything like that. They definitely look nice. Like they're they're very eye catching. There's they're something that like you'll definitely grasp onto and you'll be like, that looks like a good computer for sure. Definitely well, for people that aren't really like you feel savvy. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: they feel good. Like the one thing I, I really like about the MacBook air that I have here, uh, like are the keys and the in the screen and everything like that, like I mm-hmm. Max feel good. Yeah. But when you get when you when you know, you have like a base knowledge of computer yeah. power and processing power and just like what makes a, pu- a computer good and like, how do you decipher all that? You you know, you spend even two seconds looking at what's in a Mac yeah. as opposed to a, a PC at the it's same price point. Atrocious. And you know, yeah. It's atrocious. It's
2: <laughs> which,
0: which really sucks for consumers because a lot mm-hmm. of consumers don't spend a lot of time looking at that stuff. Yeah. I think with uh, the,
2: with Apple products, I think what they, the most they have going for them is the usability of the operating system. Uh, as well as like with the MacBooks and stuff, it's really mm-hmm. geared towards people who actually do, uh art in in mm-hmm. pho- photoshop and and stuff like that because the retina display is really nice mm-hmm. along with the ease of use uh with me yeah. the reason why I'm not huge into apple is like i get a feeling of restriction mm-hmm. <clears throat> like i can't just do what i want to do with my computer i can't overclock yeah. it and stuff yeah. like that it's i i'm more of the one geared towards the best bang for my buck and to essentially just to play games, yeah. yeah. Something strong, something that's gonna, that's gonna work. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to look beautiful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily need to run, uh, easy like, um, just drag and click like the apples are with the Apple Cloud and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially just a workhorse for me.
3: Yeah. Whereas
2: yeah. Apple just it looks beautiful. Um, don't get me wrong. I the iOS, especially for the phones. Is mm-hmm. super easy to use so it's easier for you know the general population versus you know an Android that doesn't quite have the same feel it's yeah. you know, a little bit rougher um, but you get more use uh, more ability with the phone versus like Apple with it's just you download these apps these are the apps mm. that's just my take mm-hmm
0: yeah. And like, there's a, there is another thing with Apple, I will say, um, in terms it, it could, the Mac OS is the Mac OS, sorry, <laughs> is a great, um, it's a great, like productivity operating system.
3: Mm-hmm. Like you
0: feel pretty, you feel pretty productive. It, it is, um, it is kind of like a, a productivity focused OS. It feels, um, there was another concern I had, in which that Apple is notorious for planned obsolescence.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And I I just know that there's there's a way that Apple is going to use that service as a way to enforce their planned obsolescence plans or schemes mm-hmm. even more. Um, you know, like I, I can just imagine. Like I said, the Apple TV is going to be involved. Which also, here's another thing I, I thought of when I heard that. You know. Can the Apple TV, are they going to start selling like an Apple? Because the Apple TV controller, I mean, mm-hmm. it's that big. It really, I mean, it, it's so yeah. it's so small and thin. It's basically, think of like a piece of uh, Apple space gray plastic with the old, um, the, like the original iPad track.
2: Yeah, the circle track, yeah.
0: The circle track is yeah. essentially what it is.
2: I played a lot Um, of brick, a lot of brick on my old 80 gig classic (laughs) iPad with that thing.
0: Uh, um, I'm just kind of, well, first off, whenever I visit my, my mother's house, um, they actually have a Roku, uh, just like as another tangent, they also did a bunch of Apple TV stuff um, and they're going to make Apple TV stuff available on Roku and fire sticks. So if you have like a, which I have a Roku TV. They have a additional Roku TV Then they have, um, an Apple, like an actual Roku, like smart TV, like a 32 inch. Mm-hmm. Um, we both, we have the same model. I have one in my room. Um, they have one there like in their, uh, have, like a little sun room, I guess to call it. And then they have, um, two Apple TVs, one downstairs on like the big home theater and then one upstairs, um, in like another living room. um, They have a big house (laughs) and with a bunch of kids. It's like you just collect a lot of TVs because then there's just like fighting. You know, there's four of us. It's like you just kind of get TVs to keep quiet in the
2: house. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to take a nap, buy a 55.
0: Well, it's more like um, it's more like mom, Chase won't let me watch Supergirl. Listen here, kid. I have two. I have a younger brother and sister um, who are much younger than I have a um, full sister. My half brother and sister. I'm like, listen here, kid. I've been on this earth longer than you. I can tell you, Supergirl is a shit fucking series. You should not watch it. <laughs> we're we're watching Lord of the Rings. Fuck off. <laughs> um, so it's, it's it's situations like that that <laughs> led us to having this. But yeah, so you can get uh, Apple TV on Roku and stuff. But. Are they gonna sell um for the apple tv is there gonna be like another peripheral in which you have to have an apple controller because Mm -hmm. gaming on a little piece of plastic with a fucking unless you're playing angry birds (laughs) is not really gonna work
1: Uh, (laughs) yeah see that was what i was thinking about too was i feel like this is gonna go great for really simplistic games But at the same time, why would I get a subscription for a, like? Yeah. Why would I get a subscription for very simplistic titles? Yeah. Like why? I'm almost guaranteeing <laughs> yeah, well,
2: like ninety nine percent that they're gonna they're gonna drop a controller. Oh yeah, it's gonna feel really nice. It's gonna be. I'm sure like, it's probably gonna be an
1: amazing controller, but, but nothing like to like back like it, like it up.
0: Back, <laughs> yeah, um, I can almost see like on the up. Apple TV if you get um like RPGs. If you get like the old JRPGs, you know Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy three or four, you know stuff like that. Yeah, I could actually see that doing quite well, like on an Apple TV, and yeah. I would have no problem with that. I mean, if you if they were high quality games like that, like I said, they have uh, one of the people from Square Enix who worked on fi- the original Final Fantasy series, mm-hmm. um, producing a game um, for for the service. Uh, they have. Like I said, Sonic Racers, which is just a Sonic cart game from Sega. Let um, me mm-hmm. look at the other Apple Arcade developers real quick, because um, like, they announced a couple arcade developers. So once again, the like, kind of like a I'm a heavily skeptical of of a lot of this because i we know apple's business practices anyone who spends any time in uh, yeah. tech
1: yeah um so but, shady yeah it's it's entirely focused on making money <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i mean it's a it's it's a plan, it's a sell old tech with, yeah. with heavy branding
3: mm-hmm. uh
0: with a with a heavy planned obsolescence yeah um at least when it comes to to PC, to to uh, PC being personal computer, but that's not what the um, that's not what the vernacular means anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they had a whole list. Uh, let's see, they had they. Okay, they don't. Here's the sad thing is I'm on the Apple website for the Apple Arcade and they just have like a scroll. They have like – god, I really – I'm going to send you this. <laughs> you should just take a look at this. Is it just
2: a whole like, bunch of pictures that say "Take, uh, give us your money?
0: No, it's like it's three rows of scrolling pictures with names on it for like the games, which mean absolutely really nothing. <laughs> you can't even click on them. Right? Like enter the construct, Directive Games Limited um spider SARS way forward um uh-huh. repair us two games <clears throat> hitchhiker verse evil mad about pandas games like i said sonic racing sega hard oh um, yeah
1: i'm seeing it right now yeah <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> like, oh
0: come I'm on kidding. next just give me a fucking list when i look when at like of the titles
1: that they're really like showing off i mean one of them looks almost blatantly like a fucking zelda clone like it's like yeah, one of them I even was like rocking the art style and everything, and I'm like, uh, "Is this gonna be the place where
2: all the like <laughs> all the bloatware go? Like all the trash?" That's what I was, I was saying when I when I opened up the page. It almost looked like a Team Fortress character as well. Yeah, But, like not quite.
1: Yeah, I don't know, dude. It very much looks not super great. <laughs> that's kind yeah. of that's kind of my thought.
2: Seems more family oriented. Oh, one of them.
1: There is one of them on here that I actually did see once before. Um, and that's mm-hmm. the Pathless. And that game looked interesting. That being said, I did have hesitation on this game in the first place because it very much looked like an on-rails type game. But it also yeah. looks like a very cinematic game. And it looks pretty like interesting <laughs> in terms of art style. Mm-hmm. But I hate on riot. Like I, I'm not a big on-rails fan. So... Yeah. That's a feels bad. They have Lego brawls. I don't know. This looks a lot like garbage. (laughs) To me, personally, I'm not looking at this and being like, I'm interested in any of these games.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Hitchhiker kind of looks like a crazy taxi.
0: I'm curious. And I mean, for for like our our mission of the show here, I'm curious to see what the what it's going to be like price point quality Hmm. of the games and stuff like that, because I can see this being a fantastic service for families. I I really do. And I I don't want to, hopefully people don't think I'm trying to suck Apple off because I'm not, (laughs) I just want, I just want good services that are going to be good for, for consumer families. And I think this could be one of them as Uh long as, as long as quality is good and it's at an affordable price point, because if you already have all the devices, you know, if, if you already have like an iPad, an iPhone, you know, in multiple, cause it is a family sharing thing. And, you know, if you were some of that bought an iMac and hopefully they, they develop these games to work on older hardware though, like yeah. I said, with Apple's planned obsolescence scheme that we all know they have, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm hoping, I'm hoping they prove me wrong, but I'm skeptical that they're going to really do right by a lot of those consumers. Um, and I could see this being, you know, a, a good value. You know, I don't think, Especially if, they, if they're just like, you know, if I just get this and there's new games every, you know, every mm-hmm. month or so, and they can be half, you know, uh, a JRPG that, you know, here, maybe some, you know, kind of first person shooter over here that, you know, could work on on these different platforms. Yeah, um, I could see this being a good value for families. I really do.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, some...
0: And I, like I said, I, I'm, I have more faith in this than Stadia at the mm-hmm. moment. Google needs to, and we'll see kind of as E three comes comes closer. Oh, yeah. to what what Google does with Stadia in terms yeah. of announcements and like what games, um, the Google Stadia, uh, games and entertainment department put out uh, under uh, Jade uh, Raymond.
1: Yeah. So my biggest concern about this, honestly, I my thought is that they have to build like these games for the least common denominator, right? So like the thing with the worst performance. Mm-hmm. It needs to run on that, which means that if you're using like a lot of these games on anything with even like higher performance, like you're you're using like an actual PC for mm-hmm. it, like if you're using one of the MacBooks, yeah, these games are going to be really simplistic. Like I'm looking at a lot of them, and the only one that I'm like, okay, this is it, it has some sort of depth to it. It definitely Mm -hmm. like it even has that simplistic graphic style and it very much is focused on like not using a lot of resources. And while I I get that, right? That being said, when you make it with such a low, like that's a relatively low bar to entry. If you're you're Mm -hmm. trying to make it that way, you can run on simple hardware. It's going to be a lot of simple games. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound like a good time. I'm look I'm literally looking through each of these and none of them are really catching my eyes. Like, that's pretty solid. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, for sure. That's definitely like they put some effort into this. Some of yeah. them need to just look like clones of other games. Some of them look like like some of them are originals. But that being said, they're even they're nothing to ride home about. It's nothing like, mm. wow, that looks fantastic. Nothing particularly looks good. It's all just kind of OK, <laughs> which yeah. is. Yeah, I don't know um
0: yeah uh and i'm looking at some of their developers here mm -hmm. um like directive games limited had like two games on their website smg studio has a quite a few uh one that i recognize called squared out or uh, death square i'm sorry they have one called moving out uh fast and the furious takedown which looks like a mobile port for something Mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious related, obviously. Uh, Death Square is the one I recognized as, I think I got that from uh, Twitch Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, a Risk port, Thumb Drift, which looks like it's a mobile racing game. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, they just don't look very impressive, really. N- I, I've seen maybe one title while I'm like watching this little video that's looked like, okay, that's something, mm-hmm. I guess, but a lot of them don't really... Look like a lot. I don't know.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's kind of
1: how I feel about it. I'm not, I'm not excited. <laughs> I kind of mm-hmm. just don't care. It's like, yeah. okay, these are whatever. That's unfortunate. Maybe, maybe like when it actually releases, they'll be like, oh, by the way, we got this game. Mm-hmm. And I'll be excited. But for the time being, I'm really indifferent.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, they like said I'm, I'm more optimistic for this than. Yeah, um, than then Stadia uh,
1: then which Stadia. for good reason because uh, I mean because we are starting to get towards that time and uh, I, I want go into an entire like straight up conversation for like 30 minutes about mm-hmm. yeah I'm not super shocked about Stadia right now um, so the yeah. ping the latency which is one of the big issues when it comes to streaming services um, mm-hmm. there was a report that was done and their latency in game was 160 which is very large for like a like for a title that's a pretty big deal when you're actually playing a game 160 Mm -hmm. ms like latency is pretty rough for sure Mm -hmm. so uh i don't i don't know i with that kind of information my thought of like maybe they'll figure something out has kind of just went towards "Ah, i don't think they will i think i don't think that's gonna happen I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure this is bad as it's going to get maybe they'll lower it a little bit, but I kind of doubt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a big oof.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. From what I've heard. The biggest oof. Yeah, from what I've heard, it's 160 MS. And uh, that's uh that's towards like when you start playing online games, when you mm-hmm. start to reach that area of connection is where it starts to get a little rough you're like right on the cusp of it being like a poor performing title at that point the ghosting
2: is probably the biggest concern especially with first-person shooters if they release a lot of those that you're just gonna be ducking behind cover but you're dead anyways yeah and you don't even know it yet
1: yeah like, that really shuts down a lot of possibilities. Any any sort of real shooters are going to struggle. Um, anything that requires timing, obviously, is mm-hmm. going to struggle. It kind of just leaves it open to things like Civ and, yeah. like, RPGs and things that don't really are, like, they're not really time-important. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, you don't need a, like, Marvel of Engineering. <laughs> to like run those sorts of games like you could run that it might not be the best experience but you'd still like run it fine if it was like 500 ms and it wouldn't really yeah. be that too bad
3: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah i don't know I'm, I'm not surprised i i was gonna be like that that'd be pretty exciting if they got it lower i don't think they're gonna get it lower i i really doubt it mm-hmm. but yeah and that's not even really including like your own connectivity that's that's not including your own like latency issues so if you have not great internet it doesn't matter if like you'll deal with 160 ms because you're not going to get 160 ms you're going to get whatever your internet connection is so mm-hmm. like at the minimum bar it's 160 and then it only gets worse from there which is yeah. rough but uh but yeah that's basically um, all i have to say about that i feel like that pretty much covers most of the issues honestly with stadia at the moment and the fact that mm-hmm. they haven't, I don't think they've even announced their pricing. I don't think they have. No no, no, no yeah. pricing set, or if they're going to be monthly or... Yeah, one which is, time. that's, yeah, that's an issue on its own. Yeah, <laughs> That alone is kind of a big deal. But, uh, yeah, that's one thing I'll give to Apple uh, Arcade, is that I'm pretty sure they've already, like, announced what it's all going to be, I think.
0: Well, they, I announced, they haven't announced actual prices, but they announced the business model being a subscription service what Jack? kudos apple (laughs) yeah that's that's a fucking (laughs) jogger
1: but uh yeah
0: so um sorry I interrupted you but I was just gonna ask if there's anything else we wanted to talk about for the show
1: no I I think that's basically it that's actually I was gonna say as I think I think that covers everything
0: yeah (laughs) cool um well green elite Thank you for coming on the show. Why
2: don't I you go on ahead and
0: here. yes, thank you very much. Why don't you go on ahead and plug away once again, tell once, people once um,
2: again. Uh, yeah, I'm Mr. Green Elite. I I stream one Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and some Saturdays, just depending on what's going on. Uh, as I said, I'm consider myself a variety streamer, uh, but mainly it's Destiny Two and Apex. Sometimes I play some eso. Um, It really just depends on what I'm in the mood for.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, But of course, I have uh, my Twitch is Mr. Green Elite. Uh, I have Facebook and Twitter. Both are the handles of Mr. Green Elite. I like to keep it nice and streamlined, nice and simple. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Cool. Um, Ren. Hi. You know what to do.
1: Yeah. Hi. So, uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash renditions with two Z's cause I'm dumb and I don't know how to spell my own name. Um, we are going to be playing Sekiro. I might play some tonight. I'm not certain we got to a point, which is a pretty big struggle for me because I have a phobia of snakes. I got to go fight the giant snake of death and, uh, I'm not excited for it. I'm not into it at all. Or I get to fight the giant gorilla of death. So, I mean, it's either or I'd probably prefer the gorilla, but I think I'm going to have to fight the snake regardless, which sucks. I hate it mm-hmm. but yeah um i might be playing that tonight i'm not sure i haven't decided but if not i definitely will be playing it tomorrow starting at 6:30 p.m pst sounds about right okay. but yeah that's uh that's my plans so uh yeah
0: excellente um coming up on my channel i don't know i've just been playing a lot of insurgency i played some apex probably play some more apex see if and i can't yeah, half have-
2: sorry get get a kill or more
0: um yeah see if i can get even halfway decent at apex um i picked up squad i might pick up squad again and i'll probably talk about that next week i was gonna talk about this week but right now it's probably not gonna be very flattering for how long the game's been out and how long i've been playing it Mm -hmm. Uh, it'd be kind of like an addendum to anything i've talked about before so we'll see um probably do some squad later just to Make sure we get a you know give it a fair shake. Um, in terms of the podcast, make sure you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts as well. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at NTN Pod. Um, I know we have some fantastic guests coming up, but I can't say just yet as I'm still scheduling people and getting people. Um, lined up. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys follow us. Follow my channel if you guys really have a hard time remembering when the show goes live. <laughs> uh, and all the information, if you're watching the show live, is down below uh, for the podcast as well. Uh, and in the podcast description will be uh, all of our uh, information if you're finding us on Spotify and the other places. Other than that, anything um, that we need to talk about.
1: No, I think we're good. I think that basically covers everything. Thanks for stopping Excellent. in, though, Green. Appreciate it. Dude.
2: Yeah, appreciate. I appreciate being here. It's been yeah. a few weeks. I noticed the podcast about a month and a half ago. Something I would do. This is actually the first podcast I've ever done. Oh hell nice. yeah, so, dude! Same. Yeah, I've never done a pod- <laughs> no. I've never done a podcast. I've I've always molded around the idea, especially when I first started streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a fresh experience feels nice feels good like a like a <laughs> brand new car and a warm fuzzy blanket <laughs> mm. <laughs> all right guys so until
0: next week we will see you later all right bye, bye. everybody turtles have a good
2: night
1: You want a podcast for dialogue and a divisive time? Go ahead and check out Just Think on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.